Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. I think one of the uh, one of the big things that Kevin Holland would probably take away from that fight would be basically you keep your mouth shut and you concentrate your all your energy and your focus, your mental, uh, whatever, on basically just winning that fight. You know, the end game is to it's basically to win. You know, winning solves, as I've heard from someone else, winning solves everything. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Arco Joker podcast, and hope you're all well. So UFC Vegas 22, um, from what I could see, the main card was uh, pretty, stacked, pretty stacked, at least when I saw the fights afterwards anyway. Um, so the first up was the main event, Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland of the men's middleweight division. Um, so I think one of the big factors, that, big factors that people saw in this fight is that Kevin Holland basically just kept on talking and talking and talking and basically just kept on running and running his mouth out. <laughs> Just he just wouldn't shut up, basically. Um, you know, people are saying, uh, you know, many people in the mixed martial arts community, other podcasts, everywhere, they're all saying that, um, you know, one of the biggest um, reasons is probably why he lost this fight, basically, is that, you know, he was um, just talking too much, you know. Even the breaks, he was... Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov actually attended the fight, was sitting um, cage side next to Dana White, and he was uh, watching the fight during the breaks... Um, Kevin Holland would be just would be on his um thing with his corner. Excuse me, would be with his corner um during the break and ju- would just be talking to a computer talking sort of shit and uh whatever. I mean, in the fight also you could see that he was talking and after the fight, um the guy was on his Twitter, he posted a video on Twitter or Instagram saying basically I'm um, uh, basically I've been hit a few times, didn't win the fight. Although he did didn't win the fight basically and um you know, is he going to stop talking? No, he's not going to stop talking. And it's something that he's known for in all of his fights. And I think for the past five or six fights, he's actually won each one. So he's been like on a winning streak until up until now, for now anyway, whereby he lost against Derek Bronson. And um, as I've been hearing from other people in the industry, you know, he's been having, he's been enjoying so much success up until this point that, you know, basically, you know, he's being now becoming so cocky and arrogant that he believes that, you know, he'll win anyway. And um, even seeing just at the end of the fight, whereby um, Bruce um, Buffer was just caught announcing who the win- winner is of the fight, um, and then he could see that automatically. It's a bit like the PTN um, situation with um, Arjamain Sterling at this at UFC Vegas two fifty nine or so. Um, 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 but even before the winner was announced, he thought he'd won the fight, but uh, that wasn't the case at all. It was Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson, who really, you know, um, congratulations, he won. But just credit to him throughout the whole fight. He just didn't say anything to say much. Just concentrating on attacking his opponent, playing the game well, and coming out the, as, the, as the winner, as the successor, as the best fighter, basically. And uh, with this guy, Kevin Hunter, it's quite annoying to, it's quite annoying to see um, certain fighters um, do this. I remember Conor McGregor did the same thing to Dustin Poirier back at UFC 178. I think it was like taunting the guy whilst in the cage and the octagon there. And um, yeah, he won that fight. But of course, fast forward to 2021 UFC um, 257, that was not the case. Overall, the fight, um, you know, there was pl- a lot of ground game, a lot of um, wrestling. Brunson did show um, very good ground game. And um, what I think in the first round, after getting um, Holland um, down, he managed to keep him there. Although um, Kevin Holland didn't make it easy for him, so you know, Brunson was kind of struggling to kick and control um, Holland. 
a while he had him on the ground and just kind of struggling to dish out some good strikes or elbows. And he won the fight by unanimous. He won the fight via unanimous decision. Uh, but in this fight, um, I hadn't even seen the fight actually. Um, actually, because I, you know, I was just going for a morning walk and um, it was just until I was listening to uh, one of the podcasts. Um, I can't really remember the name. But so I was listening to one of the podcasts, and it's only there that they actually were talking about the fight, and they um they said that the guy just kept on talking, and talking, and talking and talking, and you know, I have to say that for the um for if for me if I was in the cage there with him as a professional fighter who's trained up to that elite level of mixed martial arts, of course I know I'm not I'm just saying supposedly if if I was but I'm not I'm so far 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 away from that. Um, if I was Derek Bronson, I would be, you know, just because it would feel like the opponent's taunting me. I have to, I'll be saying to myself, I must beat this guy, beat beat this person, and I must come out of this fight as a, as the successor, as the winner. So that would even urge me even more to just beat the crap out of this person as, <laughs> as best as I can do. After that was the welterweight division, Max Griffin versus Son Keenan. Um. Now these two guys, I think it, it did. Was it one of those fights that it finished in the first round? So um, anyway, yeah, I, I I did look at, I did check one of um, Son Keenan's fights in one of his previous um, competitions, and uh, one of the things that the commentators the said there was it Joe Rogan or Joe Rogan or Michael Beesman said that this, he is a pretty you know, Physically, he's a very um, strong guy. But the fight started off um, strongly. Both guys were really throwing strikes and really getting into it. Griffin did um, look like he was um, did appear to be like just going straight for his opponent, which uh, which is what I do like to see. That you know, like um, like other fighters, they corner their opponent. They're not they're not very evasive. They just go straight for the kill and attack them as much as possible. They're you know, just trying to get the upper hand uh, as quickly as possible. Um, Eventually, it did seem like he had cornered um, Keenan at one point, um, but Keenan was, um, can I say, somewhat evasive. And not long before the finish, um, Griffin had checks. <laughs> Sorry. I wrote I wrote some of this down just because um, a lot of things I wanted to put into this podcast. At one point, um, uh, yeah, I think Griffin did check um, some of the kicks coming from Keenan, and um, Keenan did lose his balance. Uh, that that did give Griffin the opportunity to just move in to land some uh, land some heavy strikes, including that really heavy KO that won him the fight. So moving on, to, to, to moving on. Again, this is one of those um, situations. About some fights actually were shown in full on YouTube, not exactly so clearly, but more or less like the highlights. UFC Fight Pass does this bullshit thing whereby they will not show you the fight, um, especially the main event fights. Uh, main event and co-main event fights until probably about two or three days have um, passed. After that was women's um, strawweight division, um, which was Montserrat Ruiz um, Conejo, Conejo versus um, Cheyenne Be- um, Bays or Bays. Sorry, I can't. The, when I was looking at um, just checking one of her fights, I don't think this was supposed to be a debut fight into the UFC. Um, well, I was just looking at one of her older fights in, um, is it Tough Enough or something like that? Um, 
it was pronounced by one of the commentators uh, it was pronounced uh base but her name spelled b-u-y-s so i'm assuming that you spelled like an uh, pronounced almost like an a but anyway the fight did start off strong between the two ladies and between the two fighters um let me put it that way um ruiz ruiz or should i say Konyeho, which was a bit easier for me to pronounce she did um get her opponent into um, a clinch and then eventually um, that transferred um, transformed or transgressed into a takedown uh, Konyeho had um uh, was on the floor Konyeho did um, have bait in the headlock and in every round in every the first round second round but maybe not so much the third round um when Konyeho had um bases had her in uh, just had taken her down in a takedown um in each of those three occasions in each of those three, three rounds um she had she had um, her opponent's um body just basically in the same position on the floor and her um and Bates's head were basically locked in her in um Konyeho's arm like, almost like a headlock but you got your opponent on the floor and whilst she was had her opponent on the floor and each time that she did this in each and every of the three rounds she, she was elbowing and um punching her opponent's head and um you know <laughs> it, it was crazy and i think these two ladies do have some bad blood between them um i think s- something happened towards the end of the fight and um they they exchanged a few words and the war was all but over the microphone as far as the video was concerned um i think Konya, no, not Konya, but um, Bates was um did did say something along the lines of, "I'll follow you home, bitch." I wish I heard the full just the full altercation, but this is what the mic picks up. So I'm assuming that what happened towards the end, Bates wasn't um wasn't too happy about it, but um Konya won by unanim- unanimous decision. Oh, I was getting so tongue tied and tongue twisted. Now, after that, it was the Adrian Yanis versus Gustavo Lopez, uh, the men's bantamweight division. Um, I remember seeing um Gustavo's um, one of Gustavo Lopez's fight in um, I can't remember the name of the fight promotion that he was in when I saw one of his older fights, but at one point, um, I think it's the first or second round, he just uh, finished the fight, finished the fight off with just a clean knockout, just throwing strikes here and then, and boom, bam. Just uh, got his opponent floored, dropped him, um, just like that, you know, just with a clean KO. Uh, in this case, it wasn't so much the case. Uh, the opposite happened. So both guys are pacing back, back and forth, um, d- delivering strikes here and that. When I say pacing, pacing back and forth, I'm sorry, but I just can't think of the terminology or the just the descriptive name you can use to just just to describe that sort of. Um, situation that's happening between two people when they're in that sort of competitive fighting um stance second uh, in the second round uh which is where um <laughs> no, not say, no, i was going to say that the whole thing ended in the third in the second round but no it wasn't in the second round it's actually the third uh third round um yeah said man should get um a heavy right hand in and that briefly did floor his opponent uh but by the third round um yeah, and it's, uh, just landed the finishing heavy right hand, uh, which uh, that was the KO that knocked out um, Lopez cleanly, and yeah, he uh, won by KO. Moving on was Ty um, Ty Tuvasa versus Harry Hansaka, the heavyweight divi- division. So the fight started quite strongly. Uh, the fast counter striking from Hans- Hansaka, 
just looking at the odds, okay, he could be potentially be the winner. Um, but that wasn't necessarily the case. His opponents who also changed things very quickly, and just those leg kicks did um, help um, help him just um, kind of get to where he needed to be to just um, finish finish the fight basically. So. Um, yeah, um, there was a leg kick that he threw towards on soccer that really hurt his opponent and um, that caused him not to fall but to wobble and um, to run to just uh, finish the fight with what looked like two heavy right hands and he won by um, a run via, via TKO. And this fight didn't even last, didn't even reach half of the first round, 49 seconds of the first round. So that was uh, pretty impressive for um, Tuvasa. <laughs> I covered all the fights. Yeah, I think I have. Okay, guys. Um, sorry, I, I don't look like I'm cheating or anything, but it's just that's why I made all my notes. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. Um. So. Yeah, again, many people have been reacting to um Derek Bronson's win. Congratulations to him, and many people also reacting to how Kevin lost this fight. You know, um, I can't. I, there were lots of tweets from a lot of um, you know um, big names in mixed martial arts, especially a lot of the still active fighters. You know, um, many people congratulating uh, Derek Bronson, and a lot of people saying to Kevin Holland. So, what I think one person said that the whole thing for Kevin Holland was like just. Like a joke show, um, basically just like something not to take seriously because Kevin Holland was just talking and talking and co- just concentrating and talking and and joking and talking in that <laughs> in that fine. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna soon. I'm gonna talk about what Dana White said about the whole thing because it's just so ridiculous. But many people have been saying that um, and that Kevin Holland just talks way too much during a fight and that he likes to joke with his opponent while he's in the octagon. That's something he just he needs to stop because. It's irritating, and you know, um, it's not good. For, it's not really a good look for him. You know, it's uh, you know, he he lost this fight. He didn't win. He lost. So overall, just the fact that he lost the fight sp- speaks a lot of volumes negatively for him. Uh, now Dana White did weigh in. And he said that, and this is something which I'm going to ask people, the viewers on YouTube, and those who are listening on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts on SoundCloud. Do you agree with the statement? Uh, because Dana White believes that the reason why Kevin Holland was talking, like, was just running his mouth in that octagon while he was fighting his opponent was because he was having a mental breakdown. I think that, this is from Dana White, quote-unquote, I think that was a mental breakdown. The only other thing I, sh- I saw, like it was in boxing, when Lennox Lewis, that guy, Oli- it was in boxing when Len- Lennox Lewis, that guy, Oliver McCall, who kept his hands at his sides and was was crying. I don't know what he was doing. I think he might have been able to handle the pressure and just broke mentally. I haven't seen anything like that. Now, having a mental... If he had a mental breakdown... He, okay, first of all, he shouldn't have been talking while in, in that sort of situation. You'd be concentrating all your energy, your physical energy, your mental energy on beating your opponent, not on talking. You know, just talking, just tossing your opponent, talking randomly, running your mouth, even to someone else outside the octagon that has nothing to do with the fight. That's basically just, basically just a spectator, you know, part, a member of the audience, just merely watching the fight. You're not even one of their team members. 
um so i'm just wondering how can that um how can someone talking about that be um, how can we class as a, a mental break, breakdown i mean if you broke down mentally um would you even be able to stand up and be talking like you are would you be even be able to get walk into the octagon and to, even though you didn't win the fight would you have even be able to have walked into the octagon and fought like you did even if you even if you didn't win so really i don't know what dana was talking about um people may disagree with me but i don't think kevin holland was suffering from a nervous or mental breakdown that's just a lot of bullshit and um may <laughs> maybe um I've not really read too much into um, Dana White and Kevin Holland, whether they have, um, whether they're on good terms or bad terms, or even if Kevin Holland is one of Dana White's golden boys. Um, but this Dana White's um, comment just does sound like a, like a silly, really, really silly um, excuse, a nervous men- or mental breakdown, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that didn't look like a mental breakdown to me. That just looked like someone's just getting too cocky, too arrogant, and probably, you know, um, it's too cocky too arrogant probably just believing in their own hype and um being overconfident uh, because he didn't win this fight he lost this fight so he's gonna have to go back <laughs> to the drawing but i'm just picturing in my mind that video he posted on his instagram or his twitter whatever um saying basically that he's never gonna stop talking never ever so you know deuces something like, something like that uh so um yeah Dana White, I disagree with you. Uh, I disagree with you. Um, I don't think you're, um, that your fighter was suffering from a nervous breakdown or from a mental breakdown. I think of just being too cocky and bling, believing his own hype. And, uh, you know, um, he lost. Um, moving on. So, Khabib has officially retired from this uh, from MMA. Um, I think what really confirms it for everybody is that now Dana White and the UFC have finally... Um, scheduled the fight between Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler which will be taking place at UFC 262 on May 15th of 2021 so um, you know on the flip side that does mean that Khabib has vacated his title um, of um, his title as being champion of the uh, of the lightweight division and so that does pave the way for a new um, successor to step into that place or to you know to uh, replace him so that does mean that um michael chandler and um charles Oliveira will fight for that um for that championship belt but still saying on the khabib point um when he was interviewed uh, a lot of the things that he said to the interviewee or told to the interview interviewer um has actually been more or less echoed and been uh, reiterated repeated by his teammates from aka you know um he did say that one of the reasons he's retired from the sport is because of the relationship he has with his mother um he does believe that every time he competes in a in at an event when he fights or when he, whenever, he, whenever he's training sorry i keep getting so tongue twisted it's it's fucking annoying um Whenever he competes, whenever he's um, training at a training camp, wherever he is, in the, wherever he is in the world, um, he feels or he sees that it does affect his mom in in some way. She just pro- probably doesn't like him fighting. Um, and probably what's added to that is that his father is no longer with him. Um, and you know, there's the obvious point as well. He's regarded as one of the best uh, mixed martial arts fighters of all time in the world. 
He's the number one pound for pound. He's world champion. He's defended his title several times, three times, and he's won the biggest fight in the UFC history. So it's like, you know, he's even acknowledged it himself. He's admitted it himself. He has um, basically done it all. And the only the only excuse he can think of, and I agree with him, many people agree with him, is that if he were to stay on, you know, the only thing that, the only excuse he can think of, any reason he can think of for staying on is just earning more money. And, you know, given how well he has done this, but, you know, his record is 29-0, and 0, hasn't lost a single fight, although, yeah, he hasn't lost, I'm not, I'm not going to say, um, I'm thinking of something, another point to say, and, um, it's something that Charlie told me some time ago. Um, he'll probably know what it is if if he watches this. If he watches this, um, his record is twenty nine. Oh, he hasn't lost a single fight, and you know because of his fighting record, his fighting style, he's entertaining to watch. Whenever he's going to be scheduled to fight anyone uh, within this organization, it always brings in the pay per views. And uh, everybody, a lot of people want to see him fight. So really, the only thing you know, he's done it all. So the only excuse for him to stay in the in the, uh, in the game in MMA will be just to earn you know more money so moving on from that point to the next point which is Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler uh, since Khabib will be vacating the championship belt of the lightweight division uh, it means that this fight is going to be going ahead um, as I said before it's going to be taking place at UFC 262 um, on May 20th, or May 15th of, of this year, 2021. And uh, well, so far what we know about Michael Chandler is that his debut into the UFC back at UFC 257 against Dan Hooker was very impressive. I saw the fight my, um, myself. Uh, just the way he, the way he finished the, um, where he finished the fight. I think in the was the first. I'm assuming it's the first round within two and a half minutes. You know, back at Bellator, where he, um, the organization he's coming out of and moving over from to the um, to the UFC, Bellator, he's held the um, title of the um, division that he's fought in the lightweight division several times. He's defended that title three times between 2011 and 2019. Um, and so, um, but some people, I was looking at the rankings roster um, for um, the UFC um, lightweight division. And at the top there is Justin Poirier. And um, many people have, have said, well, I say many people, some people have said, those who have listened to, such as Errol Hawani and DC, um, Daniel Cromier, they've said that, yeah, okay, this is a good matchup to make, good fight to make. Um, but they do feel that maybe it's a, a little bit unfair leaving Justin Poirier out of the whole loop because um, he is sitting at number one at the um, top um at the number one position in that um in that weight division, and so they think that um he should be based he should be given the opportunity to fight one of these guys, but he instead he is actually more concerned about a trilogy fight with Conor McGregor, uh, he's more concerned about the money fight, which okay is understandable, but I mean that's um that's his choice. I mean Charles Oliveira initially wants to fight um Dustin Poirier for the um um for the um title, but Dustin Poirier just didn't have any um didn't have any interest, he wants to fight Conor McGregor for a money fight, which makes sense, Conor McGregor will bring in the pay-per-views, and they'll bring in the money as well, um, many people want to see him fight, he, despite the fact that his last fight with Dustin Poirier was, um, he lost it, uh, but still, um, he does have, he still does have that wow, that drawing in fact, so many people still tune in to watch him fight, <laughs> including myself, 
Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if there's anything else I've not covered. Um, yeah, but so God, I still even making this. Um, this will be what my twenty second podcast now. I still feel quite nervous uh, <laughs> making uh, making these shows, but either I need to take um, uh, either I'm tired or maybe I'm still not um, tipsy enough to <laughs> tipsy enough to um, make these shows. Maybe I need to make these shows uh, make these shows earlier in the day, in the, probably in the early evenings or so. But guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave a like. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Um, I wish I had someone else doing this podcast with me because I know that it's more fun more entertaining for listeners and it's far more entertaining for myself and for the other person to um, be having a conversation about the um, mixed martial arts um, world. Um, as long as we're both passionate about it, and you know, um, yeah, it's much more engaging. You know, especially if I'm talking with someone who knows a lot more about the sport than I do, I'm happy to talk with them because I learn a lot and um. It's overall it's much more engaging experience for me and it's uh, much more um entertaining for the listeners and for the viewers as well um i can see that other podcasts are the mar- podcasts are actually doing really well um for uh, those that pertain to uh, mixed martial arts those that are doing really well usually have at least two people talking about the sport if it's one person such as shell son well they can get away with that because shell son is a very um very um it's a big name in mixed martial arts and people respect his, his opinion on a lot of things in the mixed martial arts world uh but for me that is far far from the case it's not the case at all so i know i still have a long long way to go um but guys once to get uh just once more if you did, did enjoy that please don't forget to leave a like don't forget to subscribe um you can follow me on instagram and on twitter my name is Iko Jaka, and on instagram my name is Iko Jaka one on Facebook, uh, my name's Iko Jaco and <laughs> Iko Jaco, Iko Jaco. And um, you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. The Apple Podcast, I'm saying this for the tr- trillionth time now, it's becoming so annoying and actually sounding so pathetic, even. Yes, um, not to talk myself down, but I'm just being honest, and this is what it feels like. It's still something I'm just still trying to get um, get sorted out. But it's going to happen, guys. It's, I'm going to make it happen. Uh, So yes guys, uh, take care and thanks.